This podcast is a proud member of the Paranormality Podcast Network. Welcome to Stories of Strangeness, episode 16. Hello. I am your host, Mike. Hello. And this is Zoe. Hi. And tonight is a Zoe episode. It is. But before we get into that, oh. I would like to wish my co-host and husband a very happy birthday. I'm sure he appreciates it wherever he is and whatever he's doing. Oh, no, that's me. It is. Hooray. Happy birthday. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, so it's my birthday today. And <laughs> what we're doing as an extra special treat is recording you all an episode to listen to. How lucky are you? Very. Well, basically, because we can't go out and do anything. Because <laughs> we're still, well, we're not under lockdown anymore, but we're under strict rules of what we can and can't do still. We're being sensible. As I suppose many are. So. Shall I? Well, why don't you? I shall. Okay, then. The B3212 is a road in the southwest of England in the county of Devon. It runs from the city of Exeter to Yelverton, and in the process it traverses one of the most stark, lonely and beautiful areas of the country. The hamlet of Postbridge is situated on this road, and it is here that our story is set. I give you the hairy hands of Dartmoor, as requested by Susie, and it seems Sam as well. Yeah. <laughs> Although I didn't know about that one. So, hey, Suze, hey, Sam, this is for you. These grisly phantoms are a menace to road users of all kinds, targeting cars, buses, motorbikes, and even a pony and trap, apparently. Disembodied hands, rough, gruesome, and unusually hairy. They appear from nowhere and take hold of the steering wheel or handlebars and force the driver off the road onto the verge. These stories are said to date from 1910 onwards, but, as with many occurrences, they were only taken seriously after there were fatalities. In June of 1921, Dr Ernest Hassler Helby, 51, a Dartmoor prison medical officer, was travelling on the road when he lost control of his motorbike, crashed and died. It was reported that he was travelling with two young girls in a sidecar and that they were able to jump clear of the accident and survived. A week later, a driver of a coach travelling on the same road lost control and although nobody died, several passengers were thrown from their seats and suffered injuries. The story really gained momentum when, on the 26th of August 1921, an army captain told that invisible hands had gripped his handlebars and forced his motorbike off the road. He is quoted as saying, Believe it or not, something drove me off the road. A pair of hairy hands closed over mine. I felt them as plainly as ever I felt anything in my life. Large, muscular, hairy hands. I fought them for all that I was worth, but they were too strong for me. They forced the machine onto the turf at the edge of the road, and I knew no more till I came to myself, lying a few feet away on my face in the turf. 
This story was eventually picked up by the national newspaper and the hairy hands spread their fingers across the country. <laughs> In his book, Supernatural Dartmoor, author Michael Williams included a story told to him by a journalist and author, Rufus Idlis. He, Rufus, was driving near Postbridge when, and I quote, a pair of hands gripped the driving wheel and I had to fight for control. He didn't crash, but he did request that the story wasn't published until after his death, and when asked why, he said he didn't want to risk being ridiculed. A 1982 book by folklore enthusiast Theodore Brown gives an account from 1924 where the hands appeared on the window of a caravan camped in the area. Upon waking, the woman inside felt an overwhelming feeling of oppression and a force that wished her and her husband harm. And then she saw the disembodied hand crawling slowly up the outside of the caravan window. She automatically made the sign of the cross and apparently the hand faded away. In 1928, a letter was written to the editor of the Western Times. The writer requested information about some signs which had appeared in the Postbridge area. The signs warned, Beware of death by hairy hands. But it seemed that interest had faded and nobody replied to the letter, which is a bit unfortunate. So what is the story behind the hairy hands? The short answer is that no one really knows, but there have been quite a few speculations. A popular theory is that the hands belonged to a man that once worked in the old gunpowder factory. The story goes that the man went to work in hobnail boots, but they caused a spark which ignited the powder and it exploded. Only his hands were left intact. Another theory is that the hands belonged to escaped prisoner lost on the moors. There has also been the remains of a Bronze Age settlement found, and yes, the road runs over it, and it's speculated that the spirits are a little unhappy about this, but nothing can be proved either way. And if you want the, the boring or slightly more logical explanation, it could be argued that it's a lot of non-local folk who don't know the roads and have simply lost control because apparently the camber on that road was absolutely terrible. My favourite is the possibility of magnetic rocks. I can just imagine a rock in a field like covered in like, you know, some spanners and, and maybe a robot and a car. I don't know. That was, it was just something that someone put forward as an explanation. That makes absolutely no sense. Anyway, we'll get back to that. Okay. So, let's recap. Mm. Dr. Helby, the first fatality. The two girls that were reported as being in the sidecar are a little bit of a mystery. The doctor himself never actually had any children, and while he could have been taking a friend or work colleague's children out for a drive, it seems strange that they were only in some of the reports. And with him dying at the scene, the only way the story could have being communicated across would have been with another person being involved. Yeah. But no one knows who those girls were. And just another little random note on this kind of chap he was, he was one of the first doctors to attempt force-feeding suffragettes during hunger strikes. Little nugget for you there. I'm not sure how I feel about that. No. I've, okay. Yes. Uh, the army captain from the third story was only ever listed as Captain M. The locals didn't know of him and no accident was actually reported. But as he wasn't hurt, that doesn't necessarily mean it needed to be reported, so we don't actually know if it happened or not. The account included in Theodore Brown's book, most assumed to be her own, 
but in 1924 she would have been turning 12, so that's impossible. She wouldn't have been married. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. I don't know. It's understood that the story was told to her, probably or possibly by her adoptive mother, as the family did own a caravan in the area. The one origin story that can almost be proven is that of the gunpowder factory, the ruins of which the road do actually cross. The factory opened in 1848, and in September of 1887 there was an explosion that caused fatalities. And uh, just out of interest, I looked up the speed of cars from the time yeah, um, and was quite surprised to see that even back then there were cars that could do 119 miles an hour. Yeah. But I don't think you probably got a lot of those in rural Devon. Probably not. No. And certainly not doing 119 around those roads. Looking for weird? You've found it. The Xandran Stone Science and Supernatural Podcast. From ghosts and hauntings to black-eyed kids, crypto creatures, cults, exorcisms, UFOs, and everything in between. If it's out there, and it's weird, we're going to talk about it. Xandran Stone, the Science and Supernatural Podcast. Listen now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podfix. And remember to live life in excess. One of my favourite discoveries, and this is completely unrelated to the hairy hands, is a word that came up in my research, and that was the word grockles, which uh, it seems is a not-so-affectionate term for holidaymakers and non-local folk by the locals in Devon. Grockles. So all I thought of is immediately was like, muggles. Muggles. Grockles. Grockles as far as the eye can see. Interesting. Which, um, I like that. Which, yeah, I was like, oh, start using that round here. So, do I believe in the hairy hands? I'm not sure. I've definitely heard taller tales, but it's so bizarre that I really want to believe. Like a pair of weird hairy gloves just... It's kind of like the thing from the Adams family. family. It's like yeah. his. It's like him and cousin it had a baby or two, twins. And, um, How now would that even work? I don't know, but they're running riot around Devon now. It's such a weird one because, so obviously you've got the invention of cars, but apparently a pony and trap. I'm not yeah. quite sure how you can, I guess, reins could be pulled. But also if the camber of the road is really dodgy, yeah. once if it's, if it's a heavily laden cart, then if it starts All rolling. All it takes is a bit of a tip and over yeah, it goes kind of thing. Yeah. and off it goes. But um, yeah, part of me was just like, oh. Them non-local folk just driving a bit too fast for the conditions, not knowing the road. Them grockles. Grockling up the place. That's it. (laughs) But the other part of me is like, what a weird thing to suggest it was. Yeah. Because of all the things. Would you just say, oh, you could say an unnatural force. I felt like I was being pushed. No. Sometimes people say they actually see the hands and sometimes people were like, oh, it was invisible hands, but I could feel them squeezing. Yeah. I love it. It's madness. Yeah. I have so many questions. Okay, go on. Shoot. Let's go. Okay. First one, Theodore Brown. Yes. Was a woman. Yes. Okay. That I didn't get on the first telling because when you went, she did it. And I was like, Theodore is not normally a lady's name. Yes, it is. Is it? It is a- Theodora? No, Theodore is a unisex name. 
Huh. Okay. Well, there you go. I've learned something already. I always think of Teddy Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, yeah. when somebody says Theodore. So, yeah. How hairy are these hands supposed to be? I don't know, but because I, I mean, it, I've got. Hairy I, I wasn't hands, going to mention it, love. But they're not like but, overrun hairy. But I do have hair on the backs of my hands and on my knuckles and your palms. No, that's <laughs> just moss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I kind of imagine kind of. See, I'm I don't know. I, in my head. It's like gorilla paw, almost yeah, orangutan. You know that kind of. I mean, it's like we, a half and half, are, but a bit, a bit we, moldy, a bit zombified. Are, are we talking that basically like Clyde from Every Which Way But Loose, the orangutan in that mm, has just started no. surfing on the roofs of cars, and then occasionally he'll just reach in, grab the wheel, <laughs> right turn, yeah, right turn, Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel like they're like almost like zombified, like they're going right. to be a bit kind of greeny grey yeah okay and just looking a bit like you'd be terrified if they grabbed you another question yeah gunpowder explosion yeah yeah the only scenario i can imagine at the moment yeah where you would explode leaving only your hands behind is if you had a stick of dynamite up your, up your bum <laughs> um, no see now the the story the myth of, yeah. Or like you know the legend of him exploding and only having hands that is like more fictional. The actual the story goes that there was workers from the factory and there yeah. were also convicts from the local prison, and they were mining, and they'd set right. all the, the explosives up, yeah, and detonated, and it hadn't gone off, and oh, they dear. left so they it. Well, no, they left it for a period of time because. Sometimes there could be delays. Assume, I think they left yeah. it for something like fifteen minutes or half an hour. At which and point then, you, th- you assume and it's then, safe. And then went, oh, you know what? It's it's failed. We'll yeah. go. And as they approached it, it blew up. It One blew. guy, I think, was crushed by a rock, like a big oh, thing dear. just fell on him. Yeah. And another one was blown up and several were injured. Yeah. So it was pretty bad, but that didn't, okay. it didn't happen in the factory. That was in a, like a quarry. Yeah. So that yeah. was, it was away from the factory. The factory itself, I don't think lasted very long. See, yeah, just in my head, there was an explosion in the, in the gunpowder factory where one yeah. guy just exploded. Yeah. And then 10 like minutes after the explosion, you heard plap, plap, and his hands just high-fived yeah. the floor. <laughs> yeah. But even then, even, you know, I mean, all right, let's, let's take the whole, rationality out of it and yeah. go okay so a guy exploded leaving only his hands yeah why did those hands then go on to hate motorists i don't there doesn't seem possibly, to be any direct link well there. well the if it was in the factory and the road goes over the factory maybe he was quite peaceful there until these cars just came along and started right. waking him up okay you know waking him up what what at his work? No, he was like his ghost was sleeping. His oh, spirit right. was was um, calm, and they woke his his spirit with their the mad. The bypass ruined all that. Yeah, it, well, it wasn't a bypass. It was you know a you know, B road. Yeah, you know. You've got to make bypasses. Ten points to the first person who tells me what that's from. Not you. Anyway, moving on. So yeah, that was that was a couple of my questions. So like a. How hairy were the Just hands? What I think is the biggest what question. What the actual fuck is, is the normal question to go for um, there? Yeah, yeah. How hairy were the hands? Is it a car surfing orangutan? I don't know. I mean, they've they've, there, taught, there have they've been. taught gorillas to to sign. I don't they? think it's a gorilla, love. I think people would notice if the hands were attached to a gorilla because it would essentially have to be sitting on them. Yeah. 
or, or like I say, on the roof, leaning in, grabbing the wheel. Could no. But I guess you an eight hundred pound gorilla on the you, top of you your car. You can't sit on notice. top of a car and get both of your hands into the window. I didn't and say grab- both. Well, it's two hands, love. One over each hand because it grips your hands over I top do, of your Right. Hands. No, you oh, can God. do that. You can do that. I'll tell you how. Sunroof. Oh, my God. One in the window, one to in the sunroof. To be fair, a lot of the cars back then didn't have proper solid roofs. They were topless. There you go. Topless cars. I think oh, then, now, now where exactly. Now where was the gorilla standing? It would just it be behind you. Yes, reaching around. But you'd, I think you'd notice if you had like a gorilla <laughs> breathing down your neck. Oh, I've got a, a very warm scarf oh, on the today. The times I've got in my car and I'm pretty sure there's been a gorilla in there that I hadn't noticed before. That was just you looking in the mirror. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it's like it's like the old urban legend, isn't it, of the the person who gets in their car and people it's keep flashing the them seat. and oh, it's in the back seat. Yeah. yeah, except this time it's a gorilla or so, an orangutan. There have been some slightly more modern sightings. I want to say sightings. So someone uh, wrote online saying. My uncle's just turned up and he's really freaked out. He turned up at my house, he was really freaked out. He was working in the area. But because of roadworks or something, he had to take a different way home and it took him down the B3212. And he said, I felt like someone had got hold of my hands and I couldn't move the steering wheel. And it like, he didn't crash, Mm. I don't think. And he made it home, but he was like white as a sheet, completely shook up. And he didn't know about the legend of the hairy hands. Yeah. So he didn't know. Yeah. And this is, well, this is what someone was claiming. Isn't it? And this is the sort of guy, he's a builder. He's very he's much, you know, laddie lad. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's okay. you know, guru. He wouldn't really, make this he wouldn't make this thing, sort, sort of thing up because yeah, he wouldn't really know. agree when, with it. When people say that, it's like, oh, they're not the sort of person to make stuff up. It's like, I think everybody, everyone can make stuff everybody up. Everybody is it's the not, sort of person. It's not that hard, you know. I but also, how do you know he didn't know? Peanut butter teapot that i flew into a bathroom you know it's not yeah i know but it's not about making a story up it's about almost admitting it to other people like if something weird happens to you when you're out and about you make the choice whether you tell somebody else because you think to yourself how are they going to judge me yeah like everyone's got little stories and they think do i want to admit that to other people yeah well yeah i know but again if if people are saying that they're you know they're not the sort of person to make stuff up well no but okay Rather than, okay, so put it this way, he's not the sort of person to admit that kind of thing lightly. It was because he was so shook up. Yeah. Okay, new theory. Okay. So I've got a couple. Oh, God, it's going to be to do with biscuits, isn't it? No, it's not, actually. No. Okay. So it is the disembodied spirit of a travelling carnival worker that used to work on the Dodgems. And still thinks he does work on the dodgems and starts driving people around trying to make them bump into each other. Yeah, but you're not allowed to bump into each other anymore, are you? That's why well, they no, but they used to be called bumper know, cars, but now they're called dodgems because you're supposed to dodge, dodge people, them, yeah, not bump right, them. Fine, but we all know that exactly what you do is crash into each other. And apparently, when I was very little, I was very good at bumper cars, and I made a girl's nose bleed. None of that shocks me. I w- apparently, I was only very, very small, maybe five, and my parents put me in a bumper car, and I literally just rammed, like headlong, straight into this girl on purpose, and apparently was laughing. So there we go. So yeah, next next theory. Okay. Bigfoot. Big hands. Bigfoot, big hands, hairy hands, interdimensional portal traveler <gasps> through a through like, a portal. Just- just puts his hands through, grabs the wheel. And, and <laughs> hey, look at me, like, Barney. I'm, I'm steering. 
And Barney's is he there Fred behind him. No, he's, no, it's just another. Bar- Other people can be called Barney. You okay, know. sorry. As long I'm as he's not a big Barney. purple if, d- if dinosaur. If there's called Barney listening out there, I apologise. I like wife. the name Barney. Yeah, Barney. But yeah, Jones. could be, could be, Jones. yeah, Harry and the Hendersons type deal. What else could it be? Hairy hands, hairy hands. There was another story, but this was actually made up by um, an art student for a story that she did. And I was like, actually, I like that story better. Right. She said there was a mine on Dartmoor and and this was a young lad started working there and he was just a, a, a jolly chap. And um, oh, right. okay. he discovered a very, I don't even know what the term is, but basically part of the mine that was absolutely loaded right a rich sea a rich vein yeah you know and he was like woohoo i am quids in time in world of warcraft wasn't completely (laughs) ill-spent yeah so he being the the trusting little slip that he was was telling everybody about this amazing vein and how it was going to make him loads of money yeah and you know brilliant so this this old miner thinks oh I'll get in with him. And so he starts talking to him and he helps him out. And the young lad's like quite accepting of the help and turns a blind eye, even though he knows that the old miner's, you know, putting a little bit in his pockets and keeping it for himself. And he's like, right. it's fine because I'm still getting what I need. And yeah. this, is, this is more than I, you know, know what to do with. This yeah. is brilliant. He's going to make a pretty penny from it. It's all great. Until the old miner, when they're down one of the tunnels, bashes him over the head and kills him and goes, ha 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 ha. This is, going to be, with all his stuff. Uh, this is going to be my mind now. Right. And he goes to sleep and he's all happy thinking how clever he is that he's nicked this really great mine off this young lad. Yeah. And he's going to sell all of that ore for a lot of money. Yeah. But the, the spirit of the young lad is really not happy and curses the mine and all the ore. Right. And the old man takes the ore to be kind of, you know. Processed and refined. Exactly. And they discover that it is such bad quality that. And this is a bit I didn't quite get. Okay. Because he'd been this had been more made more sense if it was for stealing, that they chopped his hands off as punishment and hung them on a post outside the cursed mine. Yeah, the, they wouldn't just do that because he brought shit all back. Yeah. I was like, that seems a bit weird. You could still but, make teaspoons out of it, surely. I don't know. Because I, I, anyway, I, you know, anyway. it's not the sort of thing you go, oh, this all's rubbish. Right. Lop his hands off. I'm yeah. Sorry, what, what, what now? I feel like it should be more that, oh, this was the ore from what's-his-chop's mine because you were working mm. with him. Where's he? Oh, Where's he's he? not here. Oh, yeah. we've discovered him. He's dead. You've stolen, You've it, stolen it. Chop his hands off for stealing. Yeah. But, but that was a completely fictional story. But I was like, well, she, she's made up a story that's slightly that's more actually, believable yeah. than, than a Bronze Age spirit. But then sometimes it's, it's these gaps in these stories that make them so tantalising because you're like, if they were made up, somebody would have made something up about yeah. that. You know, it's the fact that there are gaps in them that kind of lead us to go, well, maybe there's something to it. Because you know? also, it's called the unexplained. Yeah. We're not supposed to know where everything comes from. No. Because otherwise that would be a little bit boring. There was something else about one of the other characters that you mentioned that I was going to ask about. Well, I can't remember what it was. Now. So you had the Doctor. I think it was with the, the Doctor. With the suffragettes. Yeah. Um, and the two girls in the sidecar. Yeah. Then you had a bus full of passengers. You had Captain, was it Captain M, Theodore Brown? Yeah. Oh, and the, the the person who wrote in and no one replied to them. I thought it was a little bit sad. Yeah. So it did like it was one of the columns. You know, wrote right. into a column, and normally, you know, you'd get quite a few responses, but literally no one, Nobody no replied. one did. 
So I don't know why. Hmm. Maybe it was just to keep the locals out. Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah, maybe it's just something propagated to cut down the number of grockles in the area. I'm absolutely adopting that word for anything and everything now. Yeah. We had so many grockles in the shop the other day, you couldn't close the door. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's it's one of those that it's just like you can't see any rhyme or reason to it. Yeah, it's, it's completely random. Yeah. Although I will say that disembodied hands aren't actually that uncommon. There's right. quite a few cases of disembodied hands. Mm. I mean, you've got in Ely the blue hand of, was it Ethel Dreeder gliding up a banister? Right. Why was that blue? Because it was like mummified. Oh, not just because she was really cold then. It was, it, well, it was because her hand had been kept somewhere really, really cold right. and out of sunlight okay. and almost like preserved. So it was this kind of greyish blue right, colour. Okay. But then obviously when it's now it's ghosty, yeah. it kind of looks a bit ethereal. And then there was another one where a hand used to, well, maybe I'm thinking of a really random film I saw when I was little. <laughs> There was a hand, there is a film, like a really old horror film, where a hand comes out of a painting and like crawls around and kills people, possibly with a knitting needle. I'm not sure. I watched some terrible films when I was young. Your parents had no control over your TV habits (laughs) by the sound of things. Really didn't. Between that and Blood Beach. Oh God, let's not go there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, disembodied hands aren't uncommon in in sort of British ghost lore. Ghost lore, yeah. Yeah. But, but just, just a set of hairy hands and the fact that they're obsessed with driving this or is, not driving. Yeah, this is the thing that I don't get. It's like there doesn't seem to be any particular reason for it to attack drive. There's These kind of things, normally there's some kind of underlying moral or, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Oh, and everybody who did this thing happened to them and, and people who didn't do it didn't see anything and blah, blah, blah. But there's there's just... You know, just yeah. this every now and again, this set of hairy hands just decided to take the wheel and drive. I feel like we road. need to drive there one day. Oh, bloody hell. Well, we kind of have. Oh, have no, we, we haven't. It's like basically, it's like Exeter going southwest, so even right. further down. Okay. So I don't think yeah, we've got quite, quite that, that far, far on, a, on our little historical no, tours. I've been kind of around there. I've been oh I've been down to Exeter and I've been like I've been beyond, Exeter, but I don't yeah. think I because there's another there is an A road, right? That is it's a longer road. The distance is longer, but it's quicker. Right. Okay. So this road is shorter, but it but it's the scenic route, and it takes yeah. more time because it's a windy country B road. Yeah. Well, I remember when I took the train down to Exeter to work down there for a few days. The views on the train were spectacular. Amazing. Yeah. Really yeah. beautiful line. Like worth traveling down there just for the views alone really dartmoor is is very very pretty in that kind of very stark and and windswept yeah well your typical moorland kind of well it it was that that partially inspired the whole kind of pound of the baskervilles that kind of and wuthering heights and yes i believe so windy moor something about jam oh no something in brie Uh, do you you remember on are we talking about Kate Bush's Wuthering Heights? Yeah, there was the game show where they used to do the what what are the words to this song. Oh. Do you not remember that? Vaguely. Where they, they'd play you a song where the words, like, I mean, do you know all the words to that song? Even if Wuthering it was, Heights, no. Yeah, if, you, if it's played to you and they were like, something, something, he dances in Brie, something about his jealous eel and all this, and it was amazing. Yeah. 
and I can't remember what show it was, but I used to watch it a lot, and I, that I was one of my favourite yeah, bits. I'm not sure if I'm remembering that or not. I remember name that tune where they used to play you the, the the thing, and basically they'd give you a load of clues. Yeah. And they'd say like, "Oh, this 1956 hit was number one in August," and blah no. blah blah, whatever. And they wouldn't tell you who it was by or what it was, but then you could say between one and ten notes. For the pianist to play. Oh, right. So you'd yeah, say, yeah. oh, I'll name that tune in 10, and the pianist would play 10 notes, yeah. and you'd have to guess the tune. And if you already knew it from the clues, you could say, I'll name that tune in one. Yeah. So they'd just go, ding, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, Rock Me Amadeus by Elvis and the Stooges. Or there was when Vic and Bob used to do it in the club style Oh, yeah, that's That was true. amazing. That was good. But no, this was literally just a round where they would play a piece of famous music that and was, you, had to say you just had to go, were. right, translate it but yeah. it was always really really funny Amazing. because you were trying to make people laugh but i just remember kate bush's wuthering heights was one of my favorites well, when i was young there was a there was a song called camouflage that came out and the whole song was a story about a soldier i think in vietnam and he'd been saved by this huge marine that seemed to come out of nowhere and you know bullets seemed to just whiz past him but not hit him and he took out a whole platoon and then it, it kind of faded away and it turns out he was a ghost kind of thing. And that's the dun, thing. Dun, dun. But my mother was convinced that the, the, the chorus went, whoa, whoa, camouflage, things are never quite the way they seem. Yeah. And she thought it, it, it they were singing camel clod. <laughs> camel clod, things are never quite the way because they seem. Because that makes it's sense. It's like, yeah, what the Lover. fuck would you think that was... <laughs> Absolutely to be fair, mental. my sister was terrible like with that when yeah. she was younger. I mean, you know what she's like now. <laughs> yeah, I think one of my Sorry. favourites for misheard misheard lyrics because I'm I'm pretty sure there are websites of this kind of stuff. Oh, there. Are. But the prefab sprout song that goes hot dog jumping <laughs> frog. frog. What's the next word? Albuquerque. Yeah, but it's not. It's I love. Turkey, or well, there was, there was a kid I at my school who, yeah, who sang I, I, Hot Dog Jumping Frog, Have a Cookie. Yeah. And he was that, convinced. You couldn't even when you know, I was at school, show him that that There was right. a girl was who would always sing I Want Cookies instead. And I only know it's Albuquerque because I've seen it on so many things. So is there anything else you'd like to say about hairy hands? I mean, um, we can't even discuss biscuits because they can't eat. I was going to say just... Put it away, keep it in your pants, and then you won't get hairy hands. You are terrible. It's fine. Do what you like. Nobody cares. No, I just, yeah, this is one of those ones that I just, I struggle to get my head around because, like I say, there is no obvious rhyme or reason. Exactly. There's no obvious causality. That, yes, that to me makes it seem like it's it's actually more plausible because someone has right. not tried to make, to make it fit in fit. Yeah. Okay. anywhere. They've just gone, this happened to me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Interdimensional masturbating Bigfoot is, is probably what I'm going to stick with. Okay, I think we'll just leave it there then. Thanks for that <laughs> insightful conclusion. I mean, what were you going to put it down to? Just disembodied hairy zombie hands. Hairy zombie hands, yeah. But... It, you don't generally get disembodied zombie hands that appear out of nowhere and act on their own. Well, Surely obviously, more ghostly you... spectral hands. I know, no? but they're, no, they're spectral. But they are spectral zombie disembodied ghostly hands. All right. So, do we know if they were like wrist stumps or if they just kind of faded out? 
I don't know. No one went into that much detail. They just uh, spoke about the hands. But I like to think it was almost like a kind of raggedy, kind of a raggedy stump, possibly a raggedy a tiny, stump, tiny little bit of bone poking out, but a bit flappy, like it's sort of where, like it's wearing skin gloves. It's skin. I've been gloves. thinking about this quite a lot over the past <laughs> few days. Some might say too much. Some might say not enough. I think that's it, isn't it? I think we're going to call it uh, a day on the on the hairy hands. And okay. I, I really enjoyed researching this. So thanks for everyone that suggested it. I really enjoyed and, just mucking about about it. But we do actually have some shout outs and thank yous this week. We do. We want to give a quick shout out to the Paranormality Podcast Network, which we are now proud members of. You can find them at paranormalityradio.com, where we are featured along with loads of other great paranormal podcasts. So have a listen around, see if there's another podcast out there you might like. There's quite a few that I'm already subscribed to and listening to. We have a new Patreon subscriber. We do. So Skylar, thank you very much and much appreciated. And we hope you enjoy the mini-sodes. Yeah, you've got another one coming your way very soon. Just recorded one tonight. We also have five stars from our lovely friend Kirsty, who discovered us and binged and loved and messaged. So I'd like to share with you a story that has been sent in by a listener, Kirsty. From the age of about two to five, I shared my bedroom with the Doc Doc man. I don't recall much now, but the image of a tall, slim, Victorian-era doctor at the end of my bed, white coat, old leather medical bag, the whole lot. He never scared me, but he didn't like to have other people around. My dad still talks of putting a little four-year-old me to bed, only to be told, you should go now. The Doc Knock man doesn't like you. Mm, that's interesting. It's, yeah, it's the Doc Doc man. I, oh. I, I quite like the name. Yeah. It gave me a little shiver. Yeah, definitely. I like that. That was cool. Because my first thought was something like sleep paralysis, where people experience hallucinations and things as they're going to sleep. As a small but, child. Yeah, as a little child. That, and she was saying to her dad before she was going to yeah. bed, you know. He's coming and he doesn't like people to go away. So oh. was he guarding her? Could have been. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? If yeah. it's like just stands at the end of your bed, you don't feel anything kind of threatening. Yeah, no malevolence. Or, or anything, anything like that. Because I'm sure yeah. even as a child, you pick up on that kind of thing, you don't would. you? Yeah, definitely. And to not be scared. Not being funny, but just seeing a, a, a random person in your room yeah. would normally be scary. So exactly. if it wasn't scary, that's kind of even weirder in a yeah. way. I quite enjoyed that. I quite, I don't know, I quite like the idea of just having a kind of calming presence. At least you feel safe. It's like someone's going to watch over me while I'm sleeping. And if anyone comes in, they're going to get a wallop. Yeah. Even if it is your from dad, a, you know. From a spectral stethoscope. Yeah. Okay, so thank you for your story, Kirsty. Much appreciated. Hope everybody else enjoyed it too. Yep. And a shout out to Susie and Sam and possibly Jesse, everyone who suggested the hairy hands. You are much appreciated, and if you're listening, we, we appreciate your time. Thank you. And Sam, go to sleep. So, if you have enjoyed today, and you have a listener story that you would like us to read out, or basically you want to tell us anything, you can email us. You can at storiesofstrangeness at gmail.com. 
If you want to keep up with us in a more general way and maybe meet up with some more like-minded people, we are on Facebook. We have a group and a page. Facebook.com slash stories of strangeness is the page. And there is a join group button right there. Go press it, go press it, go press it. And we also have an Instagram account. Instagram.com slash stories of strangeness. We're on there most, I would say, out of all the social media ideas, but we will see it if you pop up on others. Speaking of which... Twitter. We're also on Twitter at So Strange Pod. Yes, we also have a website which will also have our show notes and links to all of our research and pretty much links to everything that we're mentioning now, I think, as well. Pretty much, yeah. And the website address is storiesofstrangeness.com. Woo! And, bit, uh, bit, 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 bit. We also have a Redbubble account. So if you like our story, check out the illustration that goes with it. And get it plastered over yourself and your house in various ways. Stickers, clothes, bags, shower curtains, mats, clocks, socks. Yep, pretty Don't much know. all sorts. We also have the Stories of Strangeness logo available in mini and maxi versions. Maxi version comes with tentacle, ghost and UFO. Mini version just gives the name of the podcast, but you can plaster that all over yourself. Run around town and shouting, tell everyone this else is the best to listen. podcast ever. Go listen to it, please. And uh, last but not least is our Patreon account. Yeah. Which we have slightly tweaked. We have slightly tweaked. There are now two tiers. There is a basic tier where you can offer, I think it's a dollar or a pound or some form of one unit of money. Money? Whatever that is. Just to support the show. Or the second tier is about $3.75, I think it is. No, it's £3.75, which works out about $4. Okay. And that is our second tier, and that includes our minisodes. Outtakes. Outtakes. Oh, my God. time-lapse videos of our illustrations when we do them in Procreate. So you can watch us draw, if you like. And I apologise for that. Every time we (laughs) update a podcast or in the week after. So, after that brief interlude into the world of the strange, mysterious, and otherwise hairy. We're off now. I hope you've enjoyed it. Goodbye. Ta-ta.